lying to you. Do you have good radar for that? Oh, they are lying. I know they are. Well, I'm going to have my husband come. (laughs) He normally does not lie. But I have asked him tonight to tell you, this is a kid's game, so I'm sorry, but this is where we came from. So, (laughs) youth ministry, right? So, I'm going to have him tell you two truths and a lie. And in no, in no particular order, he's going to make them up as he goes along. And um, we'll ask which one of those that do you think he's telling the truth. So you have to assess him. Is he lying or telling the truth? <laughs> I apologize about the subject uh, that I'm going to talk about because, uh, well, this is my life. I found someone who had just committed suicide. I've spent two weeks with my brother in a funeral home. No, that's number two. Number three is, I took a tour of Graceland with a dead body in the back of my vehicle. It all involves death. (laughs) Stay here. Stay here. Okay, so let's do this again. Number one was? I found someone who had just committed suicide. I stayed for two weeks with my brother in a funeral home. And number three. I took a tour of Graceland with a dead body in the back of my vehicle. All right. Who thinks it's number one? Raise your hand. What is the lie? Number one. Is number one the lie where you found a dead body? Is that a lie? Found a, is that what you said? Found a dead body? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. All right, number one, is it a lie? Yes, okay, there's about five of you. Number two, is it the lie? Number two was spending two weeks with his brother in the nursing home. Number three is finding a dead body, is that a lie? Not a, not a dead body. A, took a Graceland, that's it. I'm sorry, I can't keep all this stuff straight. <laughs> Graceland. <laughs> all right, what is the lie? Number two. I only spent a week in a funeral home with my brother. (laughs) Congratulations to all you guys who can read Brother Mike and tell when he's telling the truth or not. (laughs) Yeah, so that's crazy. The other two things are true. There's some good stories there. (laughs) So tonight, my topic is lies. Specifically, the father of lies is really what we're going to talk about. But um, we like to believe that we can tell the difference between uh, a tru- the truth and the lie really easily. We like to believe that it's easy to tell when someone's lying. But the truth is, if someone's good at lying, uh, it's really hard to tell. And Satan is a very good liar. And he tells you stuff all the time. And none of it is true. None of it is true. Uh, We're going to read Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to read the King James version of this. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle 
than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. King James is awesome there. Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the woman saw, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired, and to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So verse 1 describes the serpent in the King James as subtle. But the NLT and the Amplified versions say this. The serpent was uh, the shrewdest, most crafty, and deceitful living creature that God had made. I kind of merged the two versions together, but between the two, shrewdest, most crafty, and deceitful living creature that God had made. And Satan used the natural talents, if you will, (laughs) of that serpent for his use. He deceived Eve and put a separation between God and man. Pastor preached on Sunday a very excellent message, and I'm just going to jump off of it and, and keep going, but he preached a very excellent message that we should not be deceived by the enemy, by the devil. We have to be careful. We have to know his tactics. We have to know his ploys. And we cannot let him get a foothold because if you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile or more, probably more. So we have to be able to know our enemy. We have to know his tactics. We have to know how he's going to come against us, what he's going to use against us, so that when he tries to attack us, we can turn the table on him and attack him back and send him defeated back to hell where he belongs. So hopefully tonight we can, uh, we can understand maybe how he attacks us individually. Because what attacks you or what he uses against you may not be how he can get to me. I may have a different, a different, uh, a different button, if you will, that, that tempts me and, than you, okay? So I want to go backwards a little bit. I know we're only in Genesis 3, so we don't have much to go back. But I want to go back to Genesis chapter 2. This was before um, our first text, obviously, and it was before God made the woman. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 8 and 9, and then I'm going to skip to 15 through 17. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, 
Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Let's do a quick comparison here. God's instructions in Genesis 2, verse 16. You can eat of every tree but one. The resulting consequences, the day you eat from it, in verse 17, you will die. It's a spiritual death. It's a separation from God. In Genesis 3, the first text we read, we see where Satan plants some doubt and, and, and a little, little seed of, of a lie into Eve's mind because he said, did God really say that you can't eat of every tree? Did God say that in chapter 2? He did not. God said you can eat of every tree but one. All the others were available. Satan says, you can't eat out of any of the trees? Plants a seed of doubt. Eve considered this lie, this planting of a, of a lie, and her response was, we can eat of all of them but one, which is true. But then she said, and that one, we can't eat it or touch it. If you look in verse... Um, Chapter 2, verse, oh, I didn't, verse 3. You can't eat of it nor touch it. God didn't say that either. So immediately this doubt in, in, that Satan planted in her mind gave a foothold for Satan to respond, oh, you're not going to die. Chapter 3, verse 4, you won't die. You're going to be equal to God. You're going to know good and evil, right and wrong and made it appealing to Eve, which made it okay to touch it, okay to eat it, because it's okay, God doesn't, he didn't mean that. Satan makes lies appear good and attractive because they're generally not ugly lies. He gives you the pretty words and the pretty descriptions that hook you. And generally, they're things that's going to make you happy or make you feel good. And if we're really honest, it's probably what you really want anyway. And he's just giving you permission to do it. Satan tempted Eve by leading her to believe that God limited her freedom by not allowing her to eat of this one tree. He didn't want her to have the best things. He caused her to question God's motives. And his love for her. Well, God must not really love you. Otherwise, he'd give you freedom to do all of it. But the truth is, is that God loved Adam and Eve so much. And he was looking out for their happiness and for their best interests. He knew that if they ate from the tree, that they were going to be slaves to Satan and slaves to sin. And that their relationship with him was going to be severed. And they would die a spiritual death. Now, Satan, he may be crafty. He is not creative. Because those same techniques that he used on Eve to try to get her to doubt and to question God, those are some of the same things he uses on us today. We've all experienced it. 
1 Corinthians 10.13, this is the New Living Translation. It says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Well, it's nice to know I'm not alone. So that's good. Don't you feel better knowing you have somebody alongside of you in this war? And God is faithful. And he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure, so you can stand against the devil, so you can stand against his lies. He's going to show you the way through that. So in sticking with my um, youth class teaching modes, I have asked for some helpers tonight. And if you guys would come and sit on these first front rows, front row here, whatever side, I don't care, I would appreciate it. I'm not going to make you get on the platform, but I, I will come down to you. Um, what I have asked, I have assigned each of them a scripture, and I have asked them to um, read the scripture on their own and kind of give an assessment to us. They're going to read us their scripture, and then I want them to tell us, based on the word of God, not their thoughts or perceptions, but based on the word of God, Satan's character and how he operates against us. Okay? So, uh, Brother Drake, he has John eight forty four, and so I'm going to ask you to read that. In the mic, please. Ye are of your father, the devil. The lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So what does that tell you about his character and how he operates against us? He's the root of every lie, every falsehood. He can't speak the truth. He cannot even think. He can't do it. Uh, everything that he speaks is contrary to God. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Everything that he speaks is a lie. There is not a hint of truth in him, and it's contrary to God. And he's the originator, right? He's the father of lies. Um, Austin, if you would come up, please. Um, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. It's a very short passage. But tell us the passage and what you found. Uh, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Uh, NLT says, but I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Uh, he is a deceiver. He lies. He grifts. He does whatever he can to perceive, may be perceived as telling the truth, even if he's wrong. He lies. He's a deceiver. I, I did these on my own, and I put that one. He has a mask. He's masquerades. He's a mask. Um, he's a counterfeit. He's a counterfeit. Uh, Sister Evelina, I gave her, or she selected, draw. It was a random draw. Ephesians 6, 11, and 12, and I believe Brother Jeff is going to read that for her, and then she will tell us what she found out of that scripture. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle, wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, 
against spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, I'm sorry, against rulers of darkness in this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. So for me, um, this verse says that he is a tricker. He likes to um, play games and, and try to trick us into believing things that are not true. Um, when it talks about we don't wrestle against um, flesh and blood, he tries to get us to divert our attention on things of the natural. He wants us to fight against natural things, against each other, rather than fight him. If he tries to trip us up and get us fighting against our health, against finances, against each other, then we lose sight of him and what he's trying to do. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. He's a schemer, and he is always planning an assault. Why else would we need armor? He's always planning an assault against us. Uh, Sister Angie, 2 Corinthians 4, and I gave her 2 through 4, but really to focus on verse 4. Um, I'm reading the New Living Translation. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So on verse 4, um, I kind of zeroed in on the word blinded, which kind of made me think of, you know, um, confusion, deception. Um, I quickly looked it up in the blue letter Bible, and um, it says that it is another word for blinded is to darken the mind. So it just tricks you. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much. He shields you from the truth is what I, what I wrote down. He, he blinds you so you can't even see the truth. And uh, Sister Sue, I gave her First Peter 5, 8. Okay, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Well, number one, vigilant. You've got to think about what you have to be vigilant if you're really going to fight the devil, because it means watch for possible danger or difficulty. And that's what he does. He's a deceiver, and he, you have to be diligent to be careful not to let him deceive you. Uh, He'll talk to your mind, and he'll tell you things that are not true. And anytime you hear something that is negative, you know that it's from Satan. God doesn't tell you negative things. God tells you positive things. He encourages. He does not discourage. So you rebuke it in Jesus' name if you get negative thoughts because they are from the adversary. And uh, the adversary, he's our opponent. He's our opponent. We're in a fight. We got to win this war. And he's the he's the bad guy. We're the good guys. God's the good guys, and we're going to win. Praise the Lord. I read the back of the book. We're going to win. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Sister Sue. Amen. I'm thankful for that back of the book. It encourages me and gives me hope. 
Amen. Uh, and finally, Brother Rob, Psalm 91.3. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Well, I looked up the word fowler, and it was an older term for catching birds or any kind of avians. But they often use traps. They use disguises, they use, they manipulated and uh, fooled other, other birds that fall into the traps. That pretty much sums it up. He fools you. Whatever he can do to trap you and trick you up, he's secretive. And you don't even know he's there until it's too late. And that lion is there or that fowler is there to trap you. Thank you, everybody. You can stay or go to your seats, whichever you prefer to do. Thank you so much for your help. I did not hear anything positive from those characteristics or uh, way Satan operates. There is nothing good to say about him. Sister Sue said he, we're, on, we're in a war and he is our adversary, and he is out to get us. And so we need to know what he's trying to do to us and how we can respond to that. But why do we fall sometimes for the lies and deceptions? Because he doesn't come to us in the form of a snake. He doesn't come to us in the, with a piece of rotten fruit to entice us, because that would certainly, neither one of those things would get me. Neither one. I'd run from a snake, and I'll run, I don't like rotten fruit, so you're not going to catch me. If Eve had been tempted with, you know, a brown banana, she probably would have been like, nah, it's soft and brown. I think I'm going to pass. Thanks, but no. <laughs> she could make banana bread, but I don't think that was uh, what they were doing at the time. <laughs> Satan deceived her in believing that the fruit was delightful to the eye and good for food and that it was going to make her wise. He lied to her. His lies were alluring and they sounded so right, so right. And that's how he comes to us. He uses people that we admire, or like our, our coworkers or our boss or our friends or uh, a professor, if you're in school, or a teacher, um, maybe the things you read, the things you watch, the things you look at, um, the things you listen to, all of these things, um, he will tempt you with these things. He will, he will show you successful, pretty people who look like they're just dressed up all the time and living the best life, and, and they've got it all put together, and they've got these pretty scenarios. They're on vacation all the time, and, and they've got cars, and they, but, you know, they also have these, these um, addictions and things that Satan has told them. It's okay. It looks beautiful, right? The forbidden fruit looks delicious, and if we're tempted and we give in to that temptation to try something that goes against God's holy nature, act a different way than we should, to talk in a way we shouldn't talk, or to dress in a way we shouldn't dress, to go somewhere that we shouldn't go, anything that goes against God's holy nature, and if we leave it unrepentant, it will separate us from him. 
And believing the lies of the enemy will ultimately lead, like I said, to spiritual death. Now, this doesn't happen overnight, generally. I mean, most time we just don't get one temptation and boom, we're like, yep, that's it. He keeps at us. He, he puts the traps out over and over. And, and he, he hides things from us and deceives us and shadows our eyes or our clouds our mind so that we can't, um, we can't perceive the danger in what he's telling us. We can't see how it's going against God's word because it looks so good. It doesn't happen overnight. There's a progression. And I want to tell you four steps very quickly. I, I'm not very long tonight. Four steps um, that lead from deception to bondage. The first thing is that we listen to the lie. Hearing is just taking in sound. I can turn on the radio or, or music or whatever, and I can work. I can turn on music and I can wash dishes or clean the house or mow the grass or whatever. I can do all these things and I really don't know what I'm listening. Like you can ask me, what was that song? Oh, I, don't, I wasn't paying attention. It's just background noise, right? That's happened to you, right? It's just background noise. It's just back in the background. I don't know what it was. It's just, I'm just hearing the sound. But listening requires that you pay attention and it results in comprehension of what is being said and a consideration of an action. Listening was Eve's first mistake. You listen, she listened to the lie. Now, listening to the lie alone isn't sin, but many times it doesn't stop there. Um, so putting things in your ears, putting things in front of your eyes and letting things come into your mind that are contrary to the word of God can put you in a very dangerous place. It's a setup for failure because step two is you start thinking about the lie, what he has told you, what he has tempted you with. You think, um, if we could, think of, an, of, the, of a lie from the enemy as a seed, and so when we start looking at things that, that could influence us in the wrong way, um, we start tuning in to um, secular podcasts or, or things that are leading us to believe that maybe God's word isn't all that it says it is. Maybe we don't have to believe it all. Um, and we start tuning into those things. That's like cultivating the soil. Yeah, we're prepping the soil and then Satan just comes right in and tells you that flat-out lie. You don't have to do that. That's so old-fashioned. Don't worry about it. You're fine. Just do what you want. That seed is planted in your heart. It's planted in your mind. And then you start to think about it. You've listened to it, and now you're thinking about it. That's the water the fertilizer, the plant food. And then you start to think, and it starts to grow and kind of cultivate in your mind. Oh, maybe it's okay. Philippians 4.8, I'm going to uh, read the amplified version, tells us to think on some better things. It says, finally, believers, that's us. This is not written to people who don't know Jesus. This is, pe this is people who are trying to live a life for God. Believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word. I love that. Whatever is confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace 
admirable and of good reputation. If there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things continually. And then in parentheses, the Amplified says, center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. You have to be intentional to take away the lie of the enemy, to remove that deception from your mind, to remove the cloud from your mind that allows you to understand this is not the truth. This is not from God. It's a lie from Satan. Be intentional because whatever we think on affects our behaviors, our thoughts, and our decisions. Step three, you believe the lie. You've listened to it. You have thought about it, and now you've come to believe it. Those lies or those seeds we talked about, they're kind of super seeds, like weeds. Weeds grow up overnight, it seems like. You can, you can cut everything down, and the next morning you'll have a little bitty, little bitty weed poking its head through. It doesn't take very long. Just overnight it can poke its head through. And, um, they have been, and obviously they've taken root, and then we believe the lie. The natural progression is to then, number four, act on the lie. Every act of sin starts with a lie. Every time you sin, it's going to feel good. It sounds better. It, you don't have to do that because God's word, eh, it's old. You, everything that we do that is sin it comes from, the, from, the, from Satan, from the father of lies. There is nothing true in him, and so it's all a lie. And so beliefs produce behavior. What you believe will be seen in the way you live your life. It's going to be seen in your behaviors. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Matthew 12, 34, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's right. So the four steps, listen, you think, you believe, and you act. That's the natural progression, but we have to stop that. We have to stop that. We cannot even entertain the the enemy when he starts talking to us. We have to shut him down fast. Do Do not entertain him. We have to raise our awareness of the enemy and his attempts. We have to know the word of God. If you don't know God's word, you don't know what Satan's saying is true or not. What's coming into your mind? Is it truth or not truth? you got to know God's word. Whatever it is, 100% has to line up. Eve had a very small change in what she believed, and it deceived her, and it took her down a slippery slope that got us to where we are today. Know God's word. Pray about it. If you're not sure, pray about it. Spend some time in prayer. Fast on it. Ask God about it. Um, wait, wait, don't rush into anything. Take a step back while you pray. God, is this right? Is this what you're saying? Show me in your word. If this is right, I need to know, I need to know chapter and verse. Give me the line, Lord. I need to know where it's at if this is right, because this just doesn't feel right. Sounds too good to be true. Wait, and then talk to pastor. That's a great resource. Pastor is an amazing resource or any of the pastoral staff, a spiritual mentor. Talk to them. I I think this is what I'm being told, but man, it just doesn't feel right. And I've been praying about it and I can't get, I can't get peace on it. What, can you help me pray? 
Pastor's going to say, absolutely, I will help you pray. And we will pray that God will show you and reveal to you the truth. And then after you talk to Pastor, pray some more. Pray, pray, pray. (laughs) Know God's word and pray. Amen. Um, If you would all stand. If you are standing strong tonight against the enemy, keep standing. Do not falter. Do not waver in what you believe. Do not, do not, um, just do not look away from the truth, but just stand strong. If you are on the fence, if you're wavering between believing a lie or God's word, get off the fence. Ask God for discernment to know, is this right or wrong? Make a choice, make a decision, but but do it like we talked about. Know God's word. Pray about it. Wait. Talk to pastor and pray some more. Get off the fence, but surrender your desires, the things that may hinder you, the things that the devil is tempting you with. Surrender it to God. Lord, I, I, don't, I just want to give it to you. I don't care if I can or can't do that. If you tell me no, the answer is no. If your word says no, then it's final for me. The word has the final say. I'm not going to believe anything else. I'm going to stand on your word and do what you say. If you've crossed the line and you've given in to the deception or the sin, it's not too late. There's still time. Jesus is still here, ready and willing to forgive and to heal you. He came to break the curse of sin and to remove the mask of the enemy so that we don't have to buy into his lies. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am life. He gives us a remedy. You have a remedy available if you don't... um, so that you don't have to die a spiritual death. Galatians 3.13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. He took it all on himself, so we don't have to pay the price. It costs us a few moments of of repentance. God, I'm sorry. Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to live right. I want to know your voice. I want to know what's right. I, I want to know. I want to be. I want to know when the enemy's talking to me that it's wrong. God, I, I surrender to you, every part, every every dream, every thought. I surrender to you, and Jesus will set us free, because of His death on the cross. He broke the sin of cur- the curse of sin, and opened the door for us to live victorious. Galatians five one. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You're free. Don't get back into that. Don't do that again. Don't get back into that lifestyle. It's not worth it. The re- there is no reward in it. That is not something that, that we will be satisfied with in the long run. So today... If you're bound by some of the enemy's lies, there's liberty today. There's freedom from that today. Uh, Maybe there's some lies he's been telling about you, telling you about physical things. Maybe, um, you know, there's chemical abuse or substance abuse or some addiction of some sort. Um, There's emotional lies that he tells us. He binds us with fear and anxiety and depression or even jealousy. 
Sometimes there's financial lies, lies that he tells us or binds us with financial issues like we're greedy or we're not willing to give to the kingdom. We don't want to give those extra 10% because the bills are tight. Or maybe you just overspend and you don't live within your means. There could be other issues like lying, anger, the need for approval. If you allowed these super seeds to grow, you need to pull that out. Pull that whole plant out. Don't just pull a leaf off and expect it to die. I have a plant, a, a tiger lily out by my shed, and I noticed that there was a weed growing up in it. And Monday I went out to pull that weed, and I got, real, I got down real low, and I pulled, and the leaves came off in my hand. That's not dead. I didn't pull that thing out by the root. It's going to come back. You got to pull that thing out to its very root. You cannot let it stay. You cannot let any part of it stay. Cut it off. Not just at the ground, but at the root. Cut it out. Bring it out at the root. David prayed in Psalm 19. He said, Who can understand his errors? How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart, is what the NLT says. How can I know all the things lurking in my heart? And then he says, cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins, deliberate and willful sin. Let them not have dominion over me. Let them not have dominion over me no control. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Is that your prayer tonight? Can we just take a few minutes and pray? Lord, touch me. Touch my heart, touch my mind, God. Remove any deception that I may have that the enemy tries to bring against me. God, help me to walk in truth. Help me to hear and listen to you alone, God, not the lies and the deception of the enemy. Help me to know your word, God. Keep me on your path. Keep me straight, God, in your will. Open my eyes to the lies of the enemy so that I can defend myself through faith. In Jesus' name, I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. I plead the blood of Jesus over my heart, over every action, over everything that I see, over everything that I hear. God, let it align with your word. Let it align with your presence. And God, if there's anything in me that is not of you, remove it, Jesus. Forgive me, Lord, so that I can be connected with you, God, that I can be called of you, Lord, and not be separated from you and have a spiritual death. God, I want to live for you. Every part of me, Jesus, every part, God, I give to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Well, that's all I have. And a Sister Courtney to come on up. Amen. Can we praise God tonight for delivering us? Oh, Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory. Thank you for your word.
speaking to our hearts. All right. Hallelujah. You are dismissed. I pray that the Lord goes with you and you return back here if you're a youth on Friday. And if not, Sunday morning at 930 for prayer. Amen.